We come here on this Christmas Eve to celebrate a birth, to celebrate that someone was born. Now, of all of you, children and adults here tonight, how many of you were born? Okay, that should be everybody. All of you were born, yes. And of course, when it's a year or two years or ten years after that, we celebrate your birthday, right? This is the birthday of someone. Someone's birth, someone was born. Now I'm going to have a bunch of questions for the children here. Anybody under 18? All you over 18 will just need to listen. So, we're here for someone's birthday, someone's birth. Whose? Whose birth are we celebrating? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus' birth. Now, at the time of birth, you always have the mother, the mother giving birth. And normally, hopefully somewhere nearby is the father who's helping the mother out. And so the mother of Jesus, who was giving birth to him, who is the mother of Jesus? Mary. Mary, the Virgin Mary. And helping her out was her husband, the foster father of Jesus, who was St. Joseph. Of course, we know that in our church, we always are reminded of them. So you have the statue of Mary on the left, the statue of St. Joseph on the right. And in any birth, you have the mother, you have the father. And then you so you've got, for the mother and the father, they've got their parents too. Now, they may or may not be there, but they're around. The grandmothers, the grandfathers. And we could tell that story going backwards. In fact, we could go back a long, long way. In fact, that's one of the options for the gospel reading that we just heard. We could have started a lot earlier. And then you would have heard Deacon Bill say something like this. Abraham became the father of Isaac. Isaac became the father of Jacob. Jacob became the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father... But a few days ago, Deacon Bill said, Please, Father Dan, don't make me read that whole list. Everyone will fall asleep. So I gave him. It is a pretty long list because it actually goes 40 generations over nearly 2,000 years. And you know that we could try to make that list for any one of us. Now, we probably wouldn't succeed. We probably don't know enough of our family history to be able to go back 40 generations. But we could start. Of you children here, you probably know the first name of your father, his first name, right? Do you know the first name of your father? Why don't you, all of you, right now at the same time, say the first name of your father. What is the first name of your father? Okay. The first name of my father is David. He's in Spain. He'll hear this by audio later on. Now, your father had a father. That's your grandfather. But this is your father's father. Do you know your father's father's name? The name of your grandfather, his first name. Okay, can you say that name of your father's father right now? His name was? 
And the name of my grandfather was also David. They had the same name. Now, this one might be a little harder. What about his father, your great-grandfather? Do you know the name of your great-grandfather? You might need to ask somebody you're sitting with. The first name of your great-grandfather. So, the first name of your great-grandfather, everyone together. Okay. Actually, I heard the first name of my great-grandfather. It was Thomas. Okay, now, see, just with that, we could do a little bit of what's in that listing, which is called a genealogy. A genealogy is an explanation of the generations, which is all of these things going on. So let's see. So for those of you, some of you children, if you think, if you have those three names, let's turn them around in order. Start with your great-grandfather, then your grandfather, then your father, and then you. Can you put it in that order? And maybe you can say it the way the scriptures said it. Remember, Abraham became the father of Isaac. Isaac became the father of Jacob. Jacob became the father of Joseph and his brothers. Can any of you say that for yourself, for your great-grandfather, grandfather, father, and you? Who can say it? What child can say it for themselves? Say it in that way for themselves. Can you say it? Bob became the father of Bob. Bob became the father of Brian. Bob became the father of me. Okay. So I heard Bob and Bob and Brian and you. Awesome. And if I was going to say it, I would say Thomas became the father of David. David became the father of David. David became the father of Daniel and his brothers. Now, so, so Bob was your great-grandfather. Okay. Now we heard that Jesus' great-grandfather in this genealogy was Mathen. Why didn't you choose Mathen as your great-grandfather? You didn't get to choose, did you? So you didn't get to choose Mathen as your great-grandfather. I didn't get to choose Mathen as my great-grandfather. Nobody gets to choose their great-grandfather. Except Jesus. Jesus was able to choose Mathen as his great-grandfather. Except, even better than that, he was able to choose David as his 25 greats grandfather And Abraham as his 38 greats grandfather None of us get to choose our ancestors. We don't get to make our genealogy before us. But Jesus was God. From all eternity, for all time, before time, before the universe existed, Jesus existed, God the Son, with God the Father. They always had lived, they always loved each other. Those two persons in the Holy Spirit... And they created everything. They created us in love. And then we messed things up with sin. But they kept on loving us. Now, for some of you who are at school, if you tell someone who's kind of mean that you love something, 
That person might say to you, well, if you love it so much, why don't you marry it? Yeah, what a thing to say. Do you think the devil ever said that to God? If you love those human beings so much, why don't you marry them? And God said, I think I will. Did you hear that in the first reading? Your builder will marry you. He won't just make you. He won't just create you. He won't just build you. He'll, he'll marry you. The kids at school don't know what they're talking about. But God knows. He loved us so much. He wasn't just content to watch us. He wasn't even just content to help us. But he wanted to become one of us. And so God the Son did something that he could do, which is that he could choose to become someone's son, someone's grandson, somebody's great-grandson, and to enter right into human history in a particular family line, in a particular place, and to be born. And this is what we celebrate today. That he chose to come right in. And even though all we had to offer him was not even a room in the inn, but the place where the animals were taken care of. A cave you can visit there in Bethlehem. It's underground. And the only place we had to put him in was the feeding trough where the hay was. Still, he loved us that much that he wanted to come to be with us, even in a cave for animals, even in their feeding trough, to choose us. So children, there's a message that I need you to help me give to the adults. Because you probably know this message, but the adults may have forgotten it. So would every child here, would you turn to one of the adults who came with you. Pick one. One man, one woman. Look at him or her. And I'm going to say some things and you repeat these things to that adult. Because you probably know them, but they may have forgotten them. This comes partly from the first reading. And what is it that Jesus' birth says to us? So your children ready? You ready? Did you choose your adults? Okay, are you ready to say this to them? Okay. So repeat after me to your adult. No one will call you. Okay, are you all saying it? I'm going to say it, and then you say it to the adult next to you. Right? Got it? So who's your adult? Okay, are you looking at her? Okay, because you need to tell her this message. Who's your adult? Okay, are you talking to him? Good. Okay, so everybody has your adult. You ready to repeat? Okay. So here's what you say, first of all. No one will call you forgotten or left behind anymore. 
Because Jesus has chosen you. Jesus loves you. And he asks you to take him into your arms. He chooses you as his family. He will make you beautiful. He will make you glorious. Because he is Emmanuel. God with us. God with you. Thank you, children. And so we celebrate this birth, this birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, knowing what it means for the world, what it means for the universe, but also what it means for us. And if what we have to offer him at the moment is just something like a cave where animals stay, just the feeding trough where they eat, he'll take it. Because what Jesus wants for Christmas is you.